Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What's up? This is DBE, and I'm your host, Stevie G. Today's episode is a good one, but before we dive in, I've got a few quick things to mention. A quick reminder to hit that subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you are listening. You can visit dbetravel.com to check out the entire episode library and support the show on Patreon. And don't forget that Destinations Beyond Expectations is on groupexperience.com as well, so you can listen to the show there too. Be sure to follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and if you like the show, spread the word. Okay, my guest today is Catherine from the Cupcakes and Churros blog. Catherine is an expert on all things Disney, and today she joins me to talk about mistakes you should avoid making while visiting the Disney parks. Catherine has a blog post that pairs very nicely with the chat we'll be having, so be sure to scroll down to the show notes to find Catherine's blog about five mistakes not to make at Disney World. I think you'll enjoy today's conversation, especially if you're planning on visiting Disney World. So let's dive in and learn more about Disney and mistakes you should avoid making during a visit to the parks. Catherine, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. It's so great to have you on the show. How's it going? Good. I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. And today we're going to be talking about Disney World, which is a place that welcomes so many people each year. And I know you are a big Disney fan. Um, You wrote an article on your Cupcakes and Churros blog that highlights mistakes you often see guests who visit Disney make. And what I like about your blog is that you break down those mistakes and offer solutions that, you know, can help guests have a better overall experience in the park. Um, Before we, you know, get into the specifics of your article, why did you choose to write about this particular topic? Okay, so this is a really good question, but we go up almost monthly at this point, and every time we're in the parks, I see someone having a terrible day or a bad experience. And a lot of times I've noticed, because I'm a little nosy, that those experiences can be prevented with just a little bit of planning or understanding what I like to call the Disney world, because it is kind of its own little place to vacation. It doesn't follow all the rest of normal vacation rules. Um, So you kind of got to know what you're doing. So let's go ahead and take a closer look at some of the specific uh, mistakes that you mentioned in your blog. And out of the gate, you mentioned that just having paper tickets without a digital ticket can lead to some headaches. What are some of the problems that you've personally seen when people have paper tickets? And what do you suggest people do to ensure their park entry goes smoothly? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is the worst one. And that's one that we just saw a few weeks ago. We um, saw some parents or grandparents, I think they were, um, obviously not from America. They were speaking Spanish and they had their grandson. They're trying to park hop and get in super early, drop the park to Toy Story land. They brought the ticket and it's printed out. But to get into Disney World, you have to scan electronic ticket on your phone or on a band or a card. The paper tickets can't be scanned. So they had sent them back to the front of the park to the ticket booth and they missed the entire rope drop experience because of those paper tickets. So I highly suggest when you purchase them online, you have to create an account. So making sure you read through those options of either ordering cards to be sent to you, ordering a magic band that will be connected to your account or using Magic Mobile on your phone because you don't want to get up there and then not be able to get in. 
Right. And it's it's weird because, you know, paper tickets used to be the thing, right? Like that's how you got into events or parks or anything. But it seems like as we're trending, you know, more digital, it, it just makes most the most sense uh, to make sure that, you know, yeah, sure, maybe bring a paper ticket, but also have a digital backup, right? Right. And a lot of people think, oh, well, I've got a barcode, they can scan it. But at Disney, that's not at all how it works. It's like a tap um, machine that has a Mickey. There's no like actual scanner. It's their own system. Like I said, when you go there, it's a completely different type of vacation. So, Catherine, the second mistake you talk about in your blog is not getting a reservation for meals. I'm guessing there's a lot of people out there that just assume they'll be able to walk up and get a table at a restaurant that they really want to go to. But, you know, I know the availability can certainly go away. What advice would you give to listeners out there to make sure they're not the ones walking away from a Disney restaurant with their heads down because there's simply no room? And what's the process like to actually make a reservation ahead of time? Okay, so these are great questions. And I feel like I get preachy about this, but I have seen, I mean, so many hundreds of people from our trip get turned away at restaurants by dinner time because the Disney restaurants will meet capacity for how many they can have by standby and they'll meet it before dinner 90% of the time and definitely the most popular ones. So I always tell people get at least one sit down reservation. You can always cancel it 24 hours ahead of time if you change your mind, but they make a great place to have a break if you don't want to go back to your hotel they also add to the magic there's lots of character meals there's really unique dining experiences um we really love like raglan road and disney springs that has a whole show um but to get those 60 days before your vacation at about 5 45 to 6 a.m depending on the disney day you can get your reservation for your entire trip if you're staying on property or if you're staying off property, you can do it every morning, 60 days out. Um, but that way you are guaranteed to eat at some of your more desired ones. And if you don't immediately get that reservation in 60 days out, you can always check a day or two ahead of time because people will drop those reservations. But like I said, you'll promise your kid they can go to T-Rex or Rainforest Cafe and you'll get there and they'll either say it's a three hour wait or come back tomorrow, which can be really devastating. And I can definitely seen some parents go down each other's throat for that one. <laughs> um, the next mistake listed on your blog is a mistake that I think happens far too often. And that's people not staying hydrated during their time in the parks. Guests at Disney, you know, come from all over the world and they might think that they don't know the, the weather, uh, but many of them don't experience those temperatures and humidity that exist here in central Florida. So Catherine, we're recording this interview in the middle of summer and it's very hot. Oh Talk a little yeah. bit about, you know, the central Florida climate and can you share some tips on how park goers can stay hydrated and cool, especially on those very, very warm days? Yeah, so a lot of people will check and be like, oh, it's low 90s, I can handle that. But the humidity can be like 100%, which makes it feel like 106. And it's thick, it's heavy to breathe in. Um, you'll see people, I think when we were there a week ago, we saw two or three people being helped in the parks because they were just overheated. And a good way to avoid that is to stay hydrated. We take um, liquid IVs or Gatorade packets with us, fill them up and drink them throughout the day. And I really suggest it to those that are drinking around the world at Epcot because you do not want to get to Germany and not <laughs> be able to get back up. <laughs> but you can also get free water at um, quick service locations, just cups of water, and they'll give you as many as you want. Disney does not want you to pass out. They don't want you to get dehydrated. 
Um, so just make sure you drink all the water. That's all I can say. Even in the winter, you would be surprised if you aren't used to a Southern climate, you can get dehydrated still. That's for sure. And, you know, I think people may underestimate how many steps they end up taking in the park every day, too. Oh I get like 25,000 every time. Yeah, it's it's impressive. I've certainly seen people, you know, share their stats with me about that and a lot of walking and in the summertime, all that heat. So definitely a, a good idea to stay hydrated. Yes. And the sun is much more intense than you will expect it to be. Uh, we just moved down from North Carolina not quite a year ago. And even knowing a southern climate and being through North Carolina summers, it's the sun's totally different there. You will need to have sunscreen and water and just get ready for some indoor breaks too. So the fourth mistake you talk about is not having the Disney Experience app on your phone. For anyone out there listening who hasn't been to Disney or you know it's been a while and they're not familiar with the app, can you explain what it is and how it can be a really helpful tool during your time in the parks? Yes. So the My Disney Experience app is the official Walt Disney World app that every guest should have on at least one person's phone when they go in. It is how you can make sure your tickets are right. It's how you hook your magic bands or you can actually use your phone through that as your ticket to get in and out of the parks. It's how you book lightning lanes for rides. It's how you see the show times. It's how you see your pictures when you use the photo pass. You can mobile order, you can shop in their large stores. Um, I'm sure there's more you can do and I'm for, oh, the newest one, you can find where your parked car is. <laughs> so it is kind of the way to feel like a pro while you're there. Um, I don't actually know how people get through the park days without it. So I definitely have that on your phone. It'll make your life easier and you'll be able to find everything you need. And it has a map. Yeah, and you just brought up finding your parked car. So to that point, um, finally, the last mistake that you talk about on your blog is don't forget where you parked. After a long day at Disney, you're tired and exhausted. And the last thing you want to do is wander around the massive parking lot trying to remember what section and row your car could possibly be in. Um, So obviously, the My Disney Experience app, I'm sure, uh, is very helpful with that. But share some of your thoughts um, on this mistake and why it's uh, important to avoid it. Okay, so I was almost not going to put this one in my original blog because I was totally tattling on myself. I have spent countless hours looking for my car at Walt Disney World because I'll get too excited. I'll go to the park and then I'll leave and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I, I don't even know if I parked in Heroes or Villains or what row or, you know. Um, so I highly suggest, even if you're excited, make sure to snap a picture of at least the row number. Um, It's also good to get a picture of the sign. So like Magic Kingdom is heroes and villains, but each parking lot has a different theme um, with characters or animals. So make sure you get a picture of that. Even if you can't find your car, at least then a cast member can find your car and make it easier. You do not want to after a long day at the parks, especially if you rope drop and close it down, be looking around for an hour, especially with my toddler. He does not enjoy when I forget where the car is. (laughs) Great advice, and today's episode was all about mistakes that visitors should avoid making while they're at Disney. And I think another mistake worth mentioning would be to not visit your website, cupcakesandchurros.com. Tell us a little bit more about uh, the Cupcake and Churros blog and all the great Disney World content that can be found there. 
Yes, so my blog is called Cupcakes and Churros. I am 90% about Walt Disney World specifically. Um, the other 10% is going to be other things in Orlando. I like to cover some of the restaurants and other fun things we like to do when we're up there. And you can also sign up for my free newsletter. It goes out just a few times a week. And then I like to do lots of fun videos on Instagram with any tips I think of or reviews of food because I'm always trying a new Disney snack. And, you know, if listeners want to follow Cupcakes and Churros on Instagram, Facebook, or any other social media platform, where can they go? Mm-hmm. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, cupcakesandchurros.com should have links to all of them. So, Catherine, one final question here on the podcast today. Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. So I want to ask you, are you someone who would consider yourself to be a student of travel Um, And if so, can you talk about something you've learned uh, through traveling? So I would definitely consider myself a student of travel. It has been a huge part of my adult life, trying to go as many places as I can. Definitely multiple trips to Orlando. But I think I just learned a lot about other humans. And I think I've grown the humanity side of myself and just realizing everyone's got their own background and their own story because when you're traveling you see so many different types of people so many different types of situations so many different types of ways to have fun um that was a big one we've learned in europe just that there's no one right way to live life and i really enjoy experiencing other people's versions of how they see life should be yeah and you know especially at a place like disney there's so many people in one place from all over the world so it's definitely cool to see all the different cultures and walks of life in, in one in one place. Yes, it is. Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and, and talk about um, mistakes to avoid making at Disney. I really appreciate your time and knowledge and, and sharing with us. Thank you for having me. This was really fun and hopefully I didn't ramble too much. You definitely didn't ramble too much and did a great job of talking through mistakes to avoid making at Disney World. So a huge DBE thank you to you, Catherine. Listeners, don't forget to check out the Cupcakes and Churros blog by visiting cupcakesandchurros.com. And you can follow Catherine's Disney adventures at Cupcakes and Churros on Instagram. DBE is also on Instagram. You can follow the show at Destinations Beyond Expectations. And I'd love if you could give the podcast five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to listen to the show. In addition to the DBE podcast, you can watch me every Thursday on the Destination Dispatch live stream show, which broadcasts on Group Travel Odyssey's Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn pages. So stay connected to Group Travel Odyssey on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Well, that's about all I've got for this week. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.